All right, all right. Here we go with our episode Crime Wave. How you feeling tonight, Betty? I'm good, Bet. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Oh, yeah, turn that stuff off. No phones, no phones. Gotcha. Well, no sound. No sound, gotcha. We're not going to be, you know, completely Amish about it, but no sound if possible. Gotcha. All right, so tonight we're talking about true crime and crime stories and that whole... I don't know, slew of craziness that is like sweeping Netflix and Hulu and every other streaming service that's possible right now. Right. Um, We were starting to kind of go off and on about a few different things. And I actually kind of want to go back to this because I'm really interested to hear about when you were 18 and were falling down the rabbit hole and you were sexually inexperienced. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that story is something we have to share with everyone. Everybody, because you put me on blast right now. Okay, yo, so, the tide is sexually inexperienced and you know, murders. Google, Google is Google is amazing, and Google is it can it can really one search to the next search to the next search. True. So I'm I'm 18 years old at this time, working for a pawn shop. I'm bored. I'm in between customers, so I'm googling just true crime. And I come across this website that has, um, you know, crime scene photos. And it's like, oh, it's really graphic, so beware. Wait, are you talking about, like, Rotten.com? No, 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 no. Okay, I don't remember the name of it. It was, like, legit that crime scene photos. And it had every American serial killer you could think of. So it came to, what was it, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. And there was this photo... Well, first it describes that he had some African-American guy in a hotel room and, I, you know, apparently he liked to, you know, dabble in that area. Oh, don't sugarcoat anything. This is rough cut. We don't sugarcoat. So just okay, so lay it out there. He liked men. Yeah. Boys, what have you. Right. So it kind of drew my attention. I was like, okay, so I didn't, I never knew this. I just knew that he was, you know, a serial killer and it never really specified men, women, whatever. So apparently he lured some guy and I want to say the guy may have been a prostitute. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. But he lured the guy to the hotel room. They did whatever they did. And there was this photo. He had, the guy was found in the bathtub in a pool of blood and his dick was on a platter next to the tub that's so rude so so, uh, again like this is my 18 year old self i'm like oh shit oh my gosh that's a peter what the heck why did he do that what what oh my gosh on my mind is like okay why did he do that what did he get out of it what why did he leave it on the platter why didn't he take it if he cut it off why did he leave it there so my mind was just (laughs) going on and on and on and then my mind was like, so is that what it looks like? Wait, were you a virgin at this time? Yes. Is that why you call it a Peter? Yes. <laughs> so. I don't know I'm what like, bothers me more. Is that all? Because it wasn't very big when I look back at it. It's a photo. Whatever. I mean, it's it was like on it's... a platter next to the damn bloody tub. The man is like sprawled out and his balls and dick is on the damn plate well i mean he's not exactly hard at the moment what do you expect cut the man some slack i mean he just kind of went through you so know something thinking, terrible did he get him into the tub was it before was it after like mm. what happened they had so many photos like it was i mean i was stuck that's crazy glued to the computer Wow. I mean, I've never personally seen that photo, but I think that's part of one of the things that people get fascinated with with true crime is the series of events to what actually happened. Right. Like the chronology of it and how you get to that point. I actually read an article about it that says that women are actually more fascinated by true crime than men are. And it's more of a psychological basis, which I totally get. I've been reading true crime since I was 12 and... I'm not 12 anymore, so (laughs) we're just going to go with that. Um, But, you know, I will say that Dahmer is one of those ones I probably know the least about. They have a Netflix film that I have yet to watch. Is that the one with Zac Efron? Yes. I've heard it's amazing. 
heard it's so, amazing. You know, I have an eight year old, so it's hard to find time to watch something without him seeing. So I have yet to watch it, but it's on my list of things to do. Mm, no, I've heard it's amazing. I've heard Zach Efron is great in it. I have a problem with watching him in it, though. I don't want to see him that way. Right, it's like he's tainted, right? Love him. Love right. him. Yeah, but you know, I'll watch it because <laughs> I will. But, right. Yeah. Um, speaking of Netflix, so what kind of spurred my interest in it again was the um, Making a Murderer docu- documentary, which was mm-hmm. about Stephen Avery, which I know that you're not super familiar with, mm-hmm. but I am. Okay. Love it. It is such a rabbit hole. And I remember watching it and you just watch these, this police chief and all of his um, officers and the district attorney. And they're doing all of these ludicrous like events and things to this man who was wrongfully convicted of a rape mm-hmm. and then let set free. And then all of a sudden he's charged with the murder of another woman all of a sudden wasn't like he was doing a whole bunch of crime and then all of a sudden this happened no it was all of a sudden and he's convicted of her murder again and now it's turned into this big thing to where he's appealing his case they're in season two going into season three i believe i'm not entirely certain on that so don't quote me on that and um, the most recent thing is that his appeal for a new trial was just denied due mm-hmm. to um, the burden of proof not being met. And they're still going to try to do it again. There is no strong physical evidence. The blood evidence that they have, his new um, attorney has thoroughly proved in the actual series, it's not physically possible to achieve that type of blood evidence the way that they're saying like they said that there was blood evidence like on part of the car where he would turn the key to do it but they tried to they put like you know fake blood or something Mm -hmm. on a hand and tried to get it so they would make the same mark and they couldn't physically do it Mm -hmm. there was blood evidence in the trunk saying that's where he put the body when he moved it and they threw a body in there they couldn't get the same type of blood spatter they couldn't match the pattern up but there's photos that have this blood splatter pattern. I think that there's photos. It's really, really dodgy work. Mm-hmm. Really dodgy. And he's not a saint. Right. He's not, you know, oh, I worked all my life and I went to college and did this. No, his family owned a salvage yard, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's had run-ins with cops his whole life. He was the troublesome guy in his town. And it's just amazing how they railroaded him. And I'll say that I am completely... Okay, I'm not going to say completely. (laughs) The Libra in me is like, no, stop it, you're crazy. Um, I am more than 75% to 85% sure he is innocent. Saying that mostly because I'm sure he's done something that we don't know about. I don't think it's murder, though. Um, one interesting fact about it, though, is that they have, um, the defense has actually tried to point the finger at one of his nephews. Really? Oh, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of his it? nephews is actually in jail mm-hmm. because they, uh, the cops interrogated him without an adult present, and he has a mental disability of some <clears throat> sort, so he confessed to the crime. Right. He came up with this whole story, and he later recanted, but it was too late. So now he actually had his confession heard at the Supreme Court level, but they did not side with him. So he's kind of stuck right now. Now if Stephen Avery can get out, it'll help him. But his other nephew, he has another nephew, they're actually kind of saying, well, it's possible that he killed this lady. Her name is Teresa Halbach. Mm-hmm. There was something about the time frame with um, when he said he was going hunting and when he saw her there at the property versus when she left. It was something very dodgy about that. I don't know the exact specifics of that off the top of my head. His name was Bobby Dassey. 
so that was kind of interesting. I wish you had seen season two because there's so much information. Like, it's just, it's insane. I'll check that out, too. Yeah. Um, he's saying, I'm so much, because I'm trying to, like, go off the top of my head. But that kind of reminds me of another Netflix film when you're talking Which about one? this. When They See Us. Mm. When you talk about yeah, this yeah. confession that they're giving, and this is the only proof that the, the you know, defense has or the mm-hmm. prosecution has i'm sorry is that this this confession well confessions can be coerced right i haven't actually watched when they see us i started Great it movie i started it and it uh was it's tough to watch it's really tough Actually. to watch from the very beginning it's tough to watch and um i think isn't the attorney portrayed by felicity huffman in the in it yes yeah she Man, she really makes you feel things, I'll tell you that. But no, it's tough to watch from the very beginning, and I haven't finished it yet, but I've read I've read the news articles, I've read the Wikipedia page about it, and wow. That entire... It's very wow. sad. Very sad. Why don't you go ahead and give the rundown on that? So, it's the... What is it? The Central, Central Park, Park Jogger case... Yeah. In the 80s, five teens were convicted of the crime, um, allegedly all coerced without parental supervision. Well, one of them actually, his father said, hey, just tell them what they want to hear so we can be done. Because the mm. police kind of um, threatened his family. But everybody else was coerced into a confession. I mean, they beat them, threatened them, and you know, they're kids, they just want to get out of there. They're telling them, if you say this, if you tell us you did it, then you'll be fine. No. They confess to this crime. They get convicted. They're 14, 15, and I want to say the oldest one was 16, and he was literally just, according to the movie, I haven't done all of my research, um, literally there for a friend at the police station, just like, hey, let me make sure you're okay, because if I don't make sure you're okay, your mom's going to kill me. He fell asleep in the police station, and he got roped into it. Wow. And interestingly enough, he is the person who did the most time for the crime. Wow. And the person that allegedly actually committed the crime ran across him in the prison system. Mm -hmm. They got into a little scuffle, and then I guess the guy just, you know, whether he's finding God or trying to be at peace, confessed like, hey, I just want to let you know I really did this. And there was no consequence for him because he was already in prison for another similar crime wow so everybody but his name was Corey. Mm-hmm. everybody but Corey had already been released Corey okay. is the only one still in prison when this man confesses so i believe what is it who is it the attorney somebody was running for governor mm-hmm. and he promised hey you know we'll settle this restitution whatever um basically a platform for his um, election and he did though he did settle they got awarded lump sums and now they're all you know public speakers and all that but I felt really bad for him this Corey person because watching the movie it was I mean I cried several times had to right. put, put the TV on pause several times because he's a kid right in prison he went straight to prison not juvie straight to prison and Prison is, I mean, it's a jungle all on its own. And they don't care if you're a kid, if you're 45, 65, they don't care. Prison is prison. And so he's in there with all these big tough guys to the point to where he's fearing for his safety. And uh, a police officer was like, you know, you don't want to go to the infirmary. You don't want to snitch. The best place for you to go is to solitary. So he spent years Mm. in solitary. And in the line of work that I do, I personally know the effects of being in solitary for years at a time. It You go crazy. You right. lose your mind. Let's see. And that's something that I find kind of taboo about the whole thing is that with the Central Park Five, with mm-hmm. the Stephen Avery case, when it comes to the victims... Mm-hmm. You, oh. you want justice. Speaking of the victim, right. mind you, she had no recollection of the event. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the, the district attorney had you know, said, you know, these guys did it. 
this is what we have and so in her mind she believes that they did it but you can say on record that you have no recollection of the crime and to this day even after they're exonerated she still believes they had something to do with it and i think that that's a huge part because with the stephen avery case the first woman that he was convicted of assaulting she wasn't sure she wasn't sure but that's what they told her they said he did it and the person who actually did do it bared a resemblance to him mm-hmm. but he had actually done a string of rapes and assaults wow. and he i want to say that they had liked him for it or he had confessed to it but they couldn't they wanted stephen avery for it in this particular uh town so it just so happened that it worked out that way with Teresa Halbach, this new victim who has unfortunately, you know, that she cannot speak for herself. She cannot do anything right. about it. Her family now has to bear this burden. I wonder, as much as you want justice, at what point do you say, okay, justice at any cost versus justice at the right price for the right person? You know, do you... Are you just tired of going to court over and over again where you just need it to be over? Or is it ever really over if it's not the right person? That's actually... Because there's no there's no substantial proof and while you've made peace with part of it, mm-hmm. if you find out there's no proof, how can you truly make peace with it? You can't. You know? That's, that's kind of where... Or you're talking yourself into making that peace. Right, but it's false. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? I hope I never find out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just that's one of those things I think about when it comes to that stuff, especially yeah. with something like the Central Park Five. Right. These boys, and from what I remember seeing, it was the attorney who spearheaded the entire right. thing. Like, there was another attorney who was like, no, we're not going to do this. You have no evidence. And she's like, no, we're doing it. And she, like... Created the evidence. Right. She gunned for that and even uh omitted certain evidence that came uh, to light during the trial and that where do you get the balls for that like and I, even what, her she is a successful i want to say author she wrote a uh, book right several i, I want to say and she to this day also says no she stands by what she did what the conviction was she believes they were involved didn't they pull her book after this movie came out uh, for Netflix, I'm not sure. I think they did. I think that they pulled her book on off of Amazon or something. I'm not entirely sure, but I remember seeing some article about it because this Netflix um, movie had been released and it was so damaging to her. Which right. good <laughs> because right. that's insane. And, and that's crazy. With no consequences to that police chief, to the DA, none, no consequences. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else makes out their platform, honestly. Which, to say it's a platform sucks, but at the same time, if that's how you can fix things, right? then maybe that's how it has to be. Uh, so, whew, man, <laughs> Central Park 5, whew, that's a, that's a tough movie. one. You have to watch it. I don't, I don't think I'm emotionally prepared for it, but... You have to go. But It's very enlightening. The rabbit holes. True crime for me is a rabbit hole every single time. It is. It's, because it's, it, when it's real, when when it's something that really happens, something that's really ongoing, like this Stephen Avery case or trial, right? Um, it it makes you think, especially like I used to love watching. Um, why can't I think of it now? And I love it. Criminal Minds. Oh, Shamar I never got Moore. into that. No, I don't want to say that those were true, but I feel like they could happen like they were things that you're like oh shoot should i double check my door should i you know not let my son walk to school you know people are really predators like it was like i was so just enthralled in it and every episode i'm like this could really happen like this is real yeah you're not wrong i (laughs) i can't watch america's most wanted without having nightmares or having to have every light on because it's true right it's real look I don't get scared like that very easily. I love horror movies. Granted that I will, you know, sit there with like a blanket or whatever, like right there under my chin and I'll I'll watch it, (laughs) but I love it. 
but you put on America's Most Wanted. I have every light on the house on. I am checking my locks. I am looking outside. Right. I am closing my blinds extra tight. Like, right. I, is there anybody that keeps walking by my door? Like, that person who just <laughs> raped that woman is going to walk by my yard in just right. a minute. He's going to come in here and... Yeah, no. It's crazy. America's Most Wanted scares the crap out of me. And you know what's funny? Is I still watch live PD, though, and I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. But America's Most Wanted will scare me. It's just... And even Snapped. I love Snapped on love Oxygen. Snapped. I'm which so is, mad they moved that, too. Yeah. Well, that's another conversation. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, one of the cases that I've always been kind of fascinated with, which you agreed you were, too, was the Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. And my interest in it was just reignited because there is a podcast mm-hmm. that I listened to and they believe their grandfather was the actual killer of the Black Dahlia and it's called Root of Evil. Root of Evil. Root of Evil. And I believe it's two women and they are sisters mm-hmm. and their grandfather is George Hodel. Okay. So Dr. George Hodel lived in LA Mm -hmm. he died in 99 at age 91 Wow. apparently the police had tapped his phone at one point Um, there was a whole bunch of craziness that he was like involved in if you look up his house Mm -hmm. it was almost gosh I don't even know how to explain it it was almost like did you see American Horror Story Hotel yes it reminded me of that. Lots of like black and gold and just gaudy, creepy. I mean, I loved the hotel in that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, do they have a hotel like that in LA? I'm gonna go. But yeah, no, he um he had a lot of issues. So I wanna say I also I didn't read the, or listen to the podcast, but I did uh, because you know when, when new information re- you know surfaces and I, I, this is something else that I was interested in because there were also photos of Elizabeth Short on this website that I right saw the Dahmer pictures. Okay. Um, I want to say he was also a suspect at that time, and right. he was convicted or no suspected of also doing something to one of his secretaries, and he either raped or molested his own daughter. You're absolutely right. So, the thing with his secretary was she had threatened to come out against him for um, financial fraud, for billing patients for tests that he never performed. And I believe it was said that he went to her house the night before because they had had an affair and I think he had ended it. And then she said she was going to, you know, expose him for the financial fraud. Wow. I I believe that's what it said. It's been a minute since I've listened to the podcast again. And then he supposedly went over to her house. They had a drink. And then he waited for her to die because he had poisoned her drink. Waited for her to die. And then he called the police for them to come. And this was before the Black Dahlia, though, right? I believe so. I believe it was before Elizabeth Short. As far as the sexual abuse, that was against his daughter. Right. And she had had a little girl, Mm -hmm. gave her up for adoption. From her father? Correct. Oh, gosh. I didn't read that. Yeah. She gave her up for adoption. The girl was raised by an abusive woman, I believe, and ended up moving to Hawaii. And it was... It was... If you listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. they talk about how they all reconnected. Yes. Okay. They talk about how they all reconnected and the actual um, lineage of the family. Mm-hmm. It's very intense. It's very... You can hear how they're emotionally binding themselves back together. It's really, really good. But they do go into depth as to this man, this... This crazy doctor who did all of these things and how the police had tapped his phone. Well, what if I had killed her? What You couldn't do anything about it. They had so many suspects for that murder. It was insane. Well, it's like the Zodiac killer. Right. I actually just listened to a podcast on Friday about they think that a man named Edward Edwards was a Zodiac killer because he... Um, 
the way he wrote his notes or the certain things that he would say to his kids he would make them watch the zodiac killer like newscast and he'd be like that's not what happened <laughs> right <laughs> like he knows for a fact right but wow. he was also uh, edward edwards was very gifted in the art of lying he actually was confessed he confessed to murdering a foster child of his and he had phone conversations that he had taped one of them was where he had talked to his foster child on the phone and had constructed the conversation to where his foster child admitted to um, going AWOL, mm -hmm. breaking into his house, stealing these credit card envelopes that were on this, on the couch downstairs. Mm -hmm. Then he had gone upstairs and he had taken the change or the extra money that was in the big water jug in the basement. He had taken some clothes out of so-and-so's room and he had not taken, you know, this many pants. He had taken socks. Oh wait, no, I did take pants. It was very, it sounded like a normal conversation, mm -hmm. but then the daughter chimed in. She said, no, that's rehearsed. It's completely rehearsed. And then wow. as you listen to it more, you realize he's probing him for more information. And then when the foster child throws in something, you hear the dad's voice, what? You did what? Are you sure you did that? That's not what happened. Are you sure? Okay. It's just, it's crazy. And then at the end of it, he's like, okay, well, I love you. And the daughter goes, oh my God. And she's just racked with disgust. And the producer chimes in. He's like, are, are you okay? You know, you, you just, you obviously you're upset. You just screamed, oh my God. And she's like, well, how do you do that? Knowing you're going to kill him. How do you say I love you to him? You never planned to let him live. Wow. You had him thinking this entire th scheme was something he was in on. And you planned to kill him this entire time. So what had happened is this boy had joined the military mm -hmm. and was being put on a medical discharge. Mm -hmm. The man had taken out two insurance policies on him. If he was discharged before a certain amount of time, the $200,000 one wouldn't pay out. So he said, well, if he went AWOL, he could still get it. So he had the boy go AWOL, said we split the money, and then said that um, he was going to blame everything on this guy he, that the boy had owed money to before. Mm -hmm. So they met up. So he had it all planned out. Right. They met up at a cemetery, and they were supposed to collect the money, and then they were going to pay this guy off. They don't know exactly what day. But apparently he asked this boy to grab the cigarettes in the bag that was sitting on the ground. And then he shot him in the head. And when that didn't kill him, he shot him again. And then he buried wow. him. Wow. Yeah. Then he buried him there in the cemetery. When a hunter went by, I want to say it was maybe a month later, mm -hmm. he saw like bones popping out. But he didn't think anything of it because the cemetery and it's the woods and he's a right. hunter. He came back four months later, and all of a sudden, shoes were popping out. What so in the world? The detective said at that point, because of the, the time frame and everything, that Edward Edwards had gotten so frustrated that nobody had discovered his body yet, and he needed to collect the insurance money, that he went back and pulled his body up more. What? That is what? some twisted shit. What in the world? Right. If you haven't fallen down the Edward Edwards rabbit hole, dive in because it's insane. Let me just pull his body up because I need this money real quick. Mm hmm. But that's crazy. They you have. You know it. what? Mental illness is real. Let's just talk about that really quick. Mm hmm. I am a firm believer that at any given time, any one of us could snap and we could be Edward Edwards. Yep. Yep. And it's just, they thought, yeah, they, they've tried to connect him to the Zodiac murders forever. But here's the thing. 
there is an author, uh-huh. I want to say his name is John Cameron, after it was discovered that Edward Edwards had done two couple murders plus mm-hmm. this foster child that he killed, all of a sudden, here comes this detective from Montana named John Cameron, mm-hmm. linking him to Teresa Hallbach, John Benet, the Zodiac murders. Just everybody. He's everybody. everybody. Edward Edwards has been everywhere. What? Killed everybody. He's this prolific man. It's, it's crazy. And his, in the world? his defense is, well, you can't say he didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> and his daughter actually sat in a room in an interview on one of the episodes, and he said, well, he killed John Bonet. She goes, bullshit. He goes, yeah, he, ha- he loved to kill children. Bullshit. Like he loved to kill on holiday. She's like bullshit. (laughs) He made up a theory that he liked to kill on holidays, especially holidays that had to do with five 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 and had something to do with ease because his name Edward Edwards. It was like this crazy like maze of conspiracy theory web that I don't even know how he got to it. All I can imagine is while he's saying it is this big, like, dry erase board of just all these random push pins and right. trying to connect right. the dots somewhere. And it was <laughs> just had to make it make sense. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that better not be me in, like, 20 years. Because no. it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. But I really feel like there's a point to where you're really trying to solve a crime and you're really just trying to profit off of something else. And I right. think he... Jumped the shark a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Edward Edwards is one of those ones you just gotta, you gotta jump in. That's crazy. Because he recorded everything, all of his phone conversations. Edward Edwards? Yes. He recorded them. He recorded them. Apparently there were even some 8mm videos, but they can't find them now. Wow. Yeah. Every single conversation. Uh, from what his daughter was saying on the podcast, yeah. But I think it's called The Clearing. It's only six episodes. I think they're going to release more. But it on was Netflix? No, on um on Apple Podcasts. Oh, podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, those podcasts right down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Every single time. I'm trying to think if there's another Netflix one that I watched. I don't think there is. I think Making a Murder was kind of it for me. Um the other one that kind of started the whole thing was the serial podcast on Adnan Saeed and Hyman Lee. Mm-hmm. They have an HBO movie a documentary, I think. I read that. Isn't he going to get a new trial now? You know, I'm not sure. I just know that he's been maintaining his innocence throughout this entire time. And what was the big thing with him was that there is no physical DNA evidence, correct? I don't think there is, no. Okay have to kind of refresh my memory on some of it because this was the first one that I actually got super into. I was on a road trip to California and we're like, oh, let's listen to a podcast. That's the the new cool thing. Let's see what this is about. Holy crap, what is this? This girl's dead. What? Yeah. It was was really intense all of a sudden. Um, Now, she was strangled, if I'm correct. She was was a teenager, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, this was in Baltimore. Yeah, back in, what, 99? Yes. I was a baby back then. That was high school. Like, that was my freshman year. Could you not make me feel ancient, please? <laughs> Good grief. God. All right. Man. All right. Take a sip of my whiskey. Good God. Okay, maybe I wasn't a baby. Jesus, you at least had boobs. Fuck. Not even. Girl, <laughs> I can see your tatas from here. You had boobs back then. <laughs> there ain't no way those things popped out like yesterday. <laughs> Large and in charge over here. Oh my goodness, girl. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> right, so they had a secret relationship, which isn't uncommon. She right. was she was Korean Asian. American. Yeah, that's very conservative family. Very, very big deal. Dating is a big no-no, mm-hmm. especially with somebody outside of their ethnicity. Right. 
she was reported missing like fairly quickly. I'm surprised that I'm actually, I hate to say it, I'm kind of surprised that they have somebody wrongfully convicted because of how fast they reported her missing and everything. So he, you believe he's wrongfully convicted? I do. It just, I think the big thing for me that made me kind of wonder if he did do it was the lapse in time from when he was in one class to when he reported to another class. I think he was like 20 minutes late for one class. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't a reason why. Mm -hmm. I know he said that he loaned his car to his friend, and I didn't see how that kind of measured up with him being late to his class by 20 minutes. I read on Reddit, some people said he's fasting at that time, so he could have been taking a nap, because mm -hmm. it's easier to fast and get through the day. Some people said, well, he could have been doing anything, really. It just... For me, that's kind of a plot hole in the timeline. You know, why were you 20 minutes late to class and nobody's ever really said why? At least that I found. I'm sure someone somewhere has debunked it and I just haven't found it yet. The phone calls. There was, I think, a serial thread that showed the phone calls. There's a testimony from the guy who borrowed his car and I think it's changed three or four times, if I'm correct. Uh, you're talking about the J guy? Yeah. That's exactly what just popped up as I typed that in there. Adnan Saeed J. <laughs> and then there was DNA, what is it? The DNA was not tested in the initial trial. Right, but it has been tested and it does not match him. But it also does not match anybody else in the system. Right. So... Did you ever watch that show, Dexter? Yes. Not, I wasn't too into it, but I did watch Girl, several I've, episodes. I watched it like three times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. There is one episode where Dexter is trying to pinpoint whether or not a child has committed a crime if he's still an offender. And he runs the DNA through a database and nothing pops up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, wait. Juvenile records are sealed. If I ran it through this database, I'll know just in case. He does it, and boom, it pops up. It's the same person. He's still an offender. I always wonder when they say that, well, did anyone try to do that? Did the anyone break the records. law? <laughs> did anyone just say, let's do it, let's go for it? You have to wonder. When that, is, that is true. When is it, there's never a time when it's okay to like do it when it's a crime this bad, you know? I guess no. I'm just saying Dexter would do it. <laughs> Why can't we do it? You would think, though, that there would be... It's even, though, be even though juvenile records are sealed, you would think that there would be some sort of loophole in, you know, the event of some sort of... Let's just call it an emergency. Right. We'll just call it an emergency. That someone says, Ah, oh, you know what? Let's run it through these records, see if we get a hit. Mm-hmm. Because in my history, as far as my line of work, juvenile offenders are more than likely to do the same thing as an adult. Mm. Well, it would be interesting to see them kind of create, I guess, a criteria. Say, okay, well, if so many genetic markers match, that'll give us reason to open the file. Right. And then do, or at least seek approval to test it. Right. But, right, you know, there should be a process. Like, hey, can we yeah. test it? Just, I don't know. I don't know how interested people are in solving unsolved cases. I mean, personally, I am. Right. I'm all about, hey. This is mind-boggling. You want to know. You have to know. That's the Libra in us. We need to know. Like, it doesn't add up. It needs to make sense. Man. You just explained every failed relationship I've ever had. <laughs> every time I've checked a boyfriend's phone, oh yeah, I need to know. Need Girl, to know. Need to know, but then I've learned now. You don't need to know. You just don't need to know because when you go looking for dirt, you always find shit. How hard was that lesson to learn? Fuck. Man, that's another podcast, girl. Telling you. <laughs> shit. Sip on that shit for a while. 
34 and now I know mind your fucking business right. girl <laughs> stay in your lane <laughs> Whew, there is a reason they have passwords on phones people right you don't need to exactly. know exactly you don't want to know you don't you don't you might need to know but you don't want to know ain't no good that's another from thing it. I had to learn how bad do I really want to know what's going to happen if I do find out or find confirmation affirmation whatever <sighs> What my intuition is telling me. What you gonna do, girl? Leave it alone. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't go through it. You'll mm-hmm. be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> girl, we have known each other too damn long, and we are the same person. God damn. You supposed to be smarter than me. Too much. Oh gosh, it is. Damn, that's a whole two series podcast. Oh, and you know, we're going to have special guest stars for that too. So, man, we I, have I got several a, people in mind. Got them lined up. we ready. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, back to this topic. Whew, reel it in. All right, Adnan Saeed. So, she, okay, so according to what I'm reading right now, and I'm sorry to my listeners because I am not a master in this case yet unlike some of them um she they're saying that she was strangled in her car they found her four weeks later i guess i'm just kind of wondering oh my god my phone is strangled in her car i thought that's what they said no 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 no. buried buried in the park was she well she was buried in the park but they said she was murdered in her car is that right okay mike am i incorrect if i'm incorrect please so she wasn't found in her car though no no, they found her body four weeks later. In the park. I believe so. I could be wrong. Anyhow, I think that that's... I don't see anything where they have anything airtight of evidence against him. Okay, here's... Although prosecutors couldn't offer any physical evidence against Saeed, they used... Jay Wilde's testimony, along with a testimony of corroborating witness Jennifer Pusateri, who claimed that Wilde had told her Saeed confessed to Lee's murder and it's shown in the body. Well, how do we know Jay didn't do it? Or how do we know Jay wasn't coerced? Now, into this testimony. That kind of brings me back to the Curtis Flowers thing. All you have is hearsay. Mm-hmm. How can you convict somebody of a murder on hearsay? Because juries are Lord help very, me. I could. Ha, ha, what, 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 help me out here. What's what I'm looking for? Okay. Journeys are. Uh, journeys. Juries are very. Um, tell them what they want to hear. They'll give you the results you're looking for. What's that? What's that word I'm looking for? Uh, impressionable. That's a nice word. I was They're very what, impressionable. Okay. If you appeal, especially, you know, there are some people that look, I don't want to say people, some prosecutors and defense attorneys that will kind of look into, hey, you know, who is on this jury? What kind of people are they? How can I appeal to them? So if you tell them what they want to hear, what they need to hear, it doesn't matter that you don't have this physical evidence. You don't have this DNA confirmation. You just tell them so-and-so told you and they told them and we have it in writing and this poor family and this poor girl or this poor guy and emotionally they're just their heartstrings are telling like oh we need we need justice for them and oh my gosh they they confessed he did it there's two witnesses saying two people what can you do i mean i don't know i I, the fact that they didn't have anything physical about it, that that part really bothers me. And it takes me back to Curtis Flowers, where there is no physical evidence. There's nothing tying him to this. The, right. Other than well, You and I can't be on the jury, because we're going to ask these questions. <laughs> we're going to ask these questions. Lord help to- me. <laughs> Lord help me. If I... If, Oh my gosh, I couldn't even I couldn't even do a murder because I'd be calling you and be like, "Okay, guess what I did? I, I gotta tell you." I gotta and tell then you we're all gonna go to jail. Shh, shh. Look, I need you to not say anything. I need you to not be critical of what I'm saying right now because I just did it already and just don't. I can't. 
I, I, I'm a blabber mouth. I couldn't help it. I need to tell people, but then I don't want to hear how you would do it instead because it'd be better than me. Like, I was just going to emotional turmoil about how I should have done it better. Like, I could, I could not commit a crime like that. And then or I could, be on the jury. I could yeah. not be on a jury because I would be constantly paranoid that I would convict somebody who's innocent. And that, that is one of, I think two of my greatest irrational fears is one being wrongfully convicted and two wrongfully convicting somebody mm-hmm. that burden of either girl, one what you gonna be wrongfully convicted of girl. I watch a lot of true crime. Well, what, has, you, what, what in your mind, what do you imagine you are capable of being it is wrongfully convicted of convicted all of, of whatever. All of these are wrong place, wrong time. That scares the shit out of me. Why do you think I don't go out? <laughs> no, you are not going to catch me in some park or in some bar where I'm not supposed to be at some wrong place, wrong time. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that Mexican girl over there did it. I saw her. She was looking sideways. They already tried to do that to me in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. I think I told you about that. I went to Arizona for um, a friend of mine's graduation. I got wasted. Because it's not like out here in Vegas where they have a dance floor and you dance all the alcohol out. No, I got wasted because I had like two shrimp earlier and then drank my (laughs) my weight in alcohol. I went to the bathroom. I got sick and then I was standing like off to the side. They were getting ready to take me home. And the hostesses had said that I was trying to fight them. And somebody paid them like 300 bucks out of my purse so they wouldn't press charges. Out of your, oh gosh. Girl, I am not violent when I am drunk. I am sleepy and I am honest and sometimes I am flirty, but Very I am flirty. not violent. I'm a witness to that. Oh, that makes oh man. Alright. Yeah. That's true. Anyhow. <laughs> but yeah, I am not violent. So anyhow, that's all I'm saying. I am wrong place, wrong time. No thank you. Like that is one of those irrational fears that I have. All of a sudden, knock knock knock, hear the police. Hey, where were you this night? I was at home. Who can vouch for you? My kids. <laughs> they were asleep. Oh, well, that's not really an alibi. Which, which you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't check, check the GPS on my phone. Girl, being wrongfully accused and having to just go into the holding cell. I wouldn't last in the holding cell. I can't pee in front of people. Girl. No. <laughs> no. I wouldn't last. I watched Orange is the New Black. I'm not with it. I wouldn't last. Let, never mind being convicted. Right. Just wrongfully accused and going to the holding cell. I'm done. No, man. No, I'm not for it. Like, th- those are two of my irrational fears. Then having to be on that jury. I saw, what's that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey? A Time to Kill? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Great movie. So good. And his last, like, what, what is it? This closing argument? Oh, break down in tears every single time. He's like, imagine now that she's white. Oh, tears streaming. Because... It happened to her. Such a good movie. But very good movie. But yeah, it's just it's the whole thing. It's just it's insane. And I think about people like Adnan Saeed or Stephen Avery, Curtis Flowers. If they haven't done these crimes, they're they're truly victims of circumstance. Mm -hmm. And people are making them these victims and it's just it's it's heart wrenching. Mm that and the question is like you said earlier you know where do you draw the line do you just want the justice you need to have this case solved or do you really want to solve the case so meanwhile while they're you know sitting in jail or what have you wrongfully convicted accused whatever the police the DA are they satisfied with this are you are you happy with this outcome, with this quote unquote proof that you're providing? Or is there a piece of you that's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what can I really do to really either piece this together properly or find out who really did this? Right. And I think that that's one thing that I really appreciate about podcasts and the documentaries and stuff bringing to light is that they are examining the evidence they are pulling case files they are asking judges and prosecutors and witnesses hey come forward tell us why you said this tell us what happened let's hear 
let's hear it all. Let's look at everything and let's go forward. Um, the Curtis Flowers podcast, Into the Woods, that's exactly what they did. They knocked on doors. They sat at cafes. There's another podcast, um, Someone Knows Something, where they're investigating cold cases and they're just sitting in an area and saying what do you know about what happened here Mm -hmm. you know the Stephen Avery case they're in there they're going through it they're raising awareness in the community about it and even when people don't want to hear it they're Mm -hmm. paying attention I think that's something that as a nation we have to kind of say we need to know more we need to be involved we need to wake up because our justice system shouldn't be blind fails us and it shouldn't be blind. We shouldn't ever follow anything blind. We should know what happened. And we should know why it happened. Mm-hmm. Because anyone who's in there in jail or in a holding cell who hasn't done a crime, that's one minute too long. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds too long. Mm-hmm. And heaven forbid, years too long. Right. So that's just... And I would... I think about it, I would love to be pulling case files and going through it and trying to figure out a crime. I'm also a chicken shit, and I don't know if I could do it because I'd be like, oh my God, they're going to come after me. Someone's going to be knocking <laughs> on my door. Then we run through. I'm America's Most Wanted. Right. Man. But I think it's I think it's amazing work. Amazing work. It is. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We're at 50 minutes now, so that gives us a good amount of time. Um, so next week, okay. what do you feel like talking about? You want to hit the dating scenario one? We, we touched on that quite a few times. Why not? We might as well. We'll go. Let's do it. We'll delve into the past a little bit. Look, we might start on it in a couple hours. Oh, see, all right. Well, that'll give us at least two weeks of content so we can take in a little <laughs> break there. Um, all right, we can delve into some dating stuff. Or mm-hmm. if you think of anything else, let me know. We will start posting these. Let's talk about dating and double standards and double standards okay double standards it is all right well that'll give us at least two weeks of stuff all right sounds good all right well let's sign off now and yeah hit us up if you have any questions or comments suggestions are always welcome um i think we're gonna go ahead and try to arrange a type of i guess we can put it on instagram and see if we can get any dms on that although i don't want any unsolicited dick pics <laughs> i'm sure they'll come but be forewarned if you or send boobies we don't want any of those either any nudes that you send i will be addressing on air so be ready for that i have no filter and i do not care so ditto just saying everything is shareable so yeah all right let's go